hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from your tech. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is, as it says on the box, Two Blokes Talking Tech. One bloke is me, Trevor Long, from eftm.com.au. The other bloke, Stephen Fennick, from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. G'day, Trevor. Great to be with you once again. Big um, week in tech. Big week in tech. Actually, no, nothing to talk about, so we'll wrap it there. Uh, we'll get to your minute reviews <laughs> and we'll be done. I mean, imagine that. Uh, there hasn't, fortunately, in over uh, you know four years, four years or more, there has not been a week where we've had nothing to talk about, which proves we, A, can talk underwater, and B, there's always news in technology, and we do it all here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for more information about them. We'll tell you about them shortly, but let's get cracking on a week in tech. Well, I thought we'd kick it off with uh, a little announcement, a little announcement in Singapore last night. Uh, LG unveiled their uh, follow-up to the G3 smartphone, which amazingly is called the G4 um, I love the naming conventions that occur in smartphones. It's just brilliant. And um, a couple of things about this device that, that are important. Um, firstly, they LG say in their own um, press release and, and all that kind of paraphernalia that the um, the G3 was very successful for them. It, it exceeded their stale sales and awards um, expectations, which is great. Um, I still don't think it's uh, you know a big seller in this market, I think probably in um, the Asian markets, it's huge because LG is a different and much more popular brand over there. You know, I don't see a lot of people walking around the streets with an LG phone, mm-hmm. let alone an LG G3. But the, there's yeah. a couple of big things about this phone. The first one is the camera, which we'll talk about in a bit, and a, and a, a real bump in, in, in quality and features because it's got full manual mode, which is very rare for a smartphone camera. But secondly, they've gone all out. And I mean all out on design. You can get the thing in some kind of ceramic looking, you know, beautiful patterned backs, but also full leather back. And they've they've got six different coloured leathers. Steve, they've really, really gone hard on design here, which I think is a pretty smart smart approach. Yeah, I think uh, the, the bar's been set even higher now by a lot of other companies. Of course, we've seen Samsung with their new products. The iPhone, of course, is doing very well. LG, I think with the G3, I have to say that is probably one of my favorite Android phones of last year. I, I think it's one of the most underrated devices Definitely. on the market yep. uh, with a, that 5.5-inch screen that fit in such a small chassis. The reason for that is that the buttons are all on the back. They're stuck with that design. Uh, and, and I was really excited to hear about the new G4 because I, I really, as I said, rate the G3. I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on the G4. But in terms of sort of their approach to this uh, with the leather, it's all like they've, they're, they're all different colored leathers and 
and different materials, I think that they really need to sort of do something out of the box. So they really need something that's going to jump out and not look like every other phone on the market. I think Samsung's attempt at that was the S6 Edge. They wanted this totally different looking phone uh, to capture people's attention, and it has. I think this is LG's attempt now to step out from the shadows and try to bring something forward that people are going to go, whoa, we'll have a look at this. And I think with those leather those leather phones, the leather back devices, I think that's going to appeal to your user who is obviously fashion conscious, style conscious, someone who really is uh, cares a lot about the appear their appearance and, and the type of device they're using. It's become that sort of product now. It's an expression of yourself. And mm. with all the design that's gone into it, uh, and, and obviously all the features under the hood, which we're about to talk about, I'm really excited for the G4. I'm keen to get hold of it and review it. Look, the camera is probably what excites me most because cameras are pretty much much muchness amongst smartphones, and I still think the iPhone is the is the camera leader on smartphones, not in specs, but just in usability and and overall picture quality. What what um, LG have done is introduced a full manual mode here, and I've already seen example photos from uh, people who were at the Singapore launch where you know you can basically have um, you know an open shutter for for a length of seconds. You know, there's a bunch of features in the camera that are going to make it actually. Very, very useful. So you can imagine a lot of kind of shot on G4 kind of um, publicity if they're smart mm-hmm. about it because this thing Absolutely. could actually be the camera to, to, to dominate the market. Yeah, I think, well, that's a smart move on their part because no, no one carries a digital camera around anymore. They carry yeah. their phone with them. That's right. So the, the phone really has to perform in that area. It is the camera that's on us all the time. So 16 megapixel, they've got a new f1.8 aperture lens, which apparently lets in 80% more light than last year's G3. So you can imagine in low light situations where a lot of photos are taken with your phone, they are nightclubs mm. and parties and things like that. Uh, so that's important. But uh, what impressed me too was there's an 8 megapixel front-facing camera. So mm. your, your selfie camera is going to produce some decent quality images as well. And you, you think about a lot of other cameras, including the iPhone, their rear camera is only 8 megapixel. This has got a front-facing 8 megapixel camera. So definitely the camera is going to be very attractive to a lot of users. Big controversy, though. Massive controversy. Ceramic um, LG G4, 9.8 millimeters thick. The leather one, 10.1. You've got to you've got to compromise 0.3 of a millimeter if you want to take the leather plus, and I, I need to really have you sitting down if you if you're thinking about getting the leather one. It's two grams heavier. Now you know me, Stephen. Two grams, Stephen. That's gonna. That's yeah, I gonna know be a big you're very weight sensitive. I know that every gram counts with you. I know that. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't know I'm weight sensitive by looking at me. <laughs> oh, you said that, not me. You said that, not me. Good luck, yeah. But look, I think the. I think the leather the leather version is, uh, and I've read a lot of positive things about it, by the way. The leather version, I think, is one of those products where you get it in your hand and you think, yeah, this feels good. It feels good in your hand. Uh, you think about the amount of time you spend with a phone. Mm. It's with you. you know, p- picking a phone, it's like picking a, a wife. You, you, this is something you're going to be spending a lot of time with, and you've got to be happy that you've, got, that you've made the choice. So the leather choice, I think, is going to be an important one. Uh, for those who want that uh, sort of that luxurious feel, mm. uh, but look, I think well, what I like too is that they've got this design that the arced back of of the phone, so the the back panel has a slight arc in it. When I first saw it, 
I thought that the, it had a curved screen, but it's a bit of an optical illusion. It's the back of the phone that's curved. It does the have front a subtle screen curve. Is obviously straight. No, the 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 press release clearly states that it has a subtle curvature on the screen. So oh, well, so subtle, I didn't notice it really. It is like we're talking, you know, an an eighth of a millimeter in in curvature probably, but. There is a bit yeah. of curvature there, which is just LG's way of, you know, showing some use of that curvature that's being so important in TVs, and they've done with the flex. But, you know, look, my, here's my biggest concern. My biggest concern is that a beautiful device like this, available in six leather colours, uh, three, or, yeah, three um, ceramic colours, will only be available in Australia in two colours. Because the problem is, the telcos can't afford. To stock, and I've yeah. spoken to to senior people, CEOs at Telcos, who say we can't afford to stock the green Samsung Galaxy S6 because we we can't run ten of them in every store because that's holding stock that no one might want. So it's a risk yeah. to run the yellow one when the yellow one might be awesome. So you'll find the grey imports is where you you know you maybe cities your Kogans where you're going to probably get mm. the the multicoloured ones, and you'll end up at Optus with you know the the gold and the and the white and it tells you with the leather and the uh, the black leather and the white and probably the tan leather will be the the one that gets stocked as the as the flagship kind of leather one I reckon yeah i i don't mind the black one either black that's what i'd pick the black or, or, or i don't mind the the tan or the beige whatever color you got the beige one looks not too bad it's a little bit of a lighter color but uh, i think we should mention also that there, there's a new user interface aboard this phone as well the ux 4.0 interface which they say uh really sort of learns the habits of of the, uh, your own habits and where you go and can make intelligent suggestions about the things you do so if it knows for example that you go the same way to work every day you catch public transport it can sort of grow accustomed to your habits and suggest things when they're happening. So it might know that, say, you're going to work in the city and it knows there's going to be rain in the city. It'll tell you to take an umbrella with you on the way to make sure you don't get wet, stuff like that. But um, mm. another thing too, the battery, 3,000 milliamp hour battery, which that's going to last uh, easily a, a day and a half. So that, that's good news that the, there's a battery to back up all these features as well. Absolutely. You can uh, check out photos of the full range of LG G4 smartphones. We don't have Australian pricing or availability yet, but that'll come very soon from LG because they want to jump on the uh, on the flagship smartphone bandwagon that is getting so much attention right now with uh, with Samsung, HTC, and others. So we expect that shortly. But you can check out all the pictures, all the colours at TechGuide.com.au and EFTM.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, on to a little device that's had a lot of attention uh, since it was released late last week, last Friday, as a matter of fact, and that is the Apple Watch. I don't think, and we've both been wearing it since since launch day, yep. uh, I don't think I've had as much attention to a device since I uh, had the original iPhone back in 2007. Mm. Uh, there's people that notice it on your hand and they go, is that an Apple Watch? And then... Suddenly, they're really interested, and they want to look at the the features, and they're asking you lots of questions. So, I think Apple uh, again have entered a new category here, and we should point that out. That is the first new category Apple have entered for five years. The last category before this was the tablet with the iPad. Here is a brand new one with Apple Watch. Now, we've both been using it, and we're going to give our thoughts on it. Uh, I think that uh, we've both had it for nearly a week now, so we've had enough time with it to sort of to comment, uh, uh, to 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 uh, review it pretty adequately. Um, 
I've got to say, I'm really happy with it. I'm very impressed with it. I, I think that the seamless connection with your iPhone is excellent, and it does change your relationship with the iPhone somewhat. I, I, I'm, I look at my phone quite a bit. Uh, the Apple Watch has allowed me to not look at it as often. It allows me to uh, to see where I'm at or just looking at my wrist rather than having to dive into the phone. I have been able to make decisions about the emails I need to answer, messages I need to reply to, uh, things like that, and there have been apps as well that have helped me out. Uh, but what I like about the watch is that it doesn't try to be everything. It's not a mini iPhone. It knows its limits, and it's, it, when it stays within those limits, uh, I think it does a great job. So it's, there's no keyboard, for example. There's no built-in camera. Uh, you can't watch video on it. There's no browser on it. So it does know what it's good at, and it knows that it, it may have to divert back to the iPhone in some areas. So uh, my, my first impressions of it, I think, fantastic design, really easy to use, uh, really precise, and, and, and just beautifully designed, very intelligently designed by Apple. So uh, my, my initial thoughts are... Big tick, uh, I really rate it highly. My initial thoughts, and I was asked this on Friday um, on the radio, like really quickly, like literally initial thoughts are 9 out of 10 for design. It's beautiful. It's everything Apple in terms of the way they've constructed the design and, and every feature of it is is everything that you would expect from a company that spares no expense on design and, and build construction. Um, however, um, on usability, I give it a 7 out of 10 because I'm a long way off absolutely uh, knowing everything that it can do and, and knowing when to use it and what. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, and I'm just trying to play the devil, devil's advocate here because I, I agree with everything you've said. But one of the things that's happened to me a couple of times is I've, I'm trying to keep my phone in my pocket as, as often as possible rather than taking it out in a meeting or in a conversation, for example. And let's say I get a little little haptic feedback, a, you know, a little vibration on the wrist and I turn and I see it's an SMS and then I, I, I move my wrist back away. And what that does is it, it, it gives that glance, you see the message and it, it kind of parks the messages red and it gets rid of the notification. So when you look at your phone, the, the notification is no longer there. And often what I use my phone for is I, I glance at it to see them, see who the message is from and then I leave it there so that I remember that that message is there to come back and reply to it. So there's been a couple of times where I've forgotten to go back to, re to reply to messages because I didn't do them oh. in the moment. So I've got to learn to, to you know, either glance differently or go back to those things. I also think that while the thing they call glances, which is when you swipe up um, from the bottom of the watch to see these up to 20 different kind of single-page summaries of an app, um, I think they're, they're a great concept, but for nearly all of them, they're, they're just a gimmick. I think the, the best ones that exist in there are pretty much heart rate, um, the, the calendar perhaps, the battery, and the, it's all about the watch, so it's about you know, silence and stuff like that. Most of the app glances are actually just there as a feature. Um, I used quite extensively the, the Woolies app on the weekend um, for, for you know, shopping lists, so I'd do the shopping list on the phone and then walk around the supermarket. Sensational. Didn't have to take the phone out of my pocket all the way brilliant and shazam i had a bunch of fun with because you, you shazam a song find out what it is and then the lyrics play along on the watch actually highlighting yeah. the lines you you like karaoke style great fun not a reason to yeah. buy the watch but a great indication of how the app development ecosystem is what will drive this watch and why this watch is already the best smartwatch on the market simply simply because of the app ecosystem absolutely right yeah. 
people were very wise in setting up the watch kit back in, I think it was November last year. So they give they gave activists like six months runway time to get their apps ready to launch. Uh, and, and like when the iPhone first came out back in 2007, uh, there weren't any apps. It was just this really nicely designed phone with multi-touch. Everyone was, you know, you can zoom in on your photos. Wow. Uh, but it was apps that then carried it forward that, that g- gave it the momentum that it's still got. Um, the other the other things that I really uh, a couple of things that I uh, really like about it too. Um, if you're using if you, if you're an existing say you've got a Fitbit or a Jawbone or one of those activity bands, I think the Apple Watch has got them covered. Oh, Apple more so, Watch yeah. has got a heart rate monitor. You can track your steps, your calories. Uh, can suggest uh, you know different workouts types. You can choose. Yeah, okay, I'm going to do an outdoor run or I'm going to do an indoor run. All these different choices. It's got the um, the activity uh, app as well, so that you can track your calories. You can set your goals. You can set your. It tells you to stand up once now. You get a little nudge to stand up every now and again. So just on that side, I think it's excellent. It's got the heart rate monitor. It isn't waterproof. That's sort of one of the things that I sort of on my downside list. You can't take this swimming, so it's not going to compete with your your Phoenix threes and your your Vivo watches and all those hardcore sports watches. But in terms of the fitness bands and the activity trackers, I think the Apple Watch has got all those covered. Uh, but in terms of other uses, people people ask me, so what? Are you, is it just to read emails on? Yeah. And well, the answer to that is no, no, it's not. There are some um, apps on it that allow you to control things. Like, oh, there's the remote app that lets you control your Apple TV. There's a PowerPoint and a Keynote app as well, so you can control your presentations from your watch. Uh, there's, a, there's, a Qantas, uh, there's a Qantas app on it already, so you can get your, your gate information. Could even well be down the track, your boarding pass. We've even heard of uh, hotel chains in the U.S. going to make uh, allow you to use your Apple Watch as your room key. So, and and here we haven't even spoken about making payments with it when Apple Pay finally launches here in Australia soon, hopefully. So, it's it's more than just that. Okay, I've got a message and I don't need to look at my iPhone for it. It is going to be that utility that's on your wrist that allows you to see that information and also take calls too. I that's one feature that I was very impressed with. Of I often when I receive a call, I might be say typing away, working or doing something else, and I was able to conduct the call through the watch without having to bring the watch up to my mouth, Dick Tracy style. I could still continue to do what I'm doing, and the microphone was was still powerful enough to pick up my voice. The speaker was loud enough for me to hear the other person on the other end of the line too. So I think that's a really cool feature as well. I do, and and the only thing I would say about the calls again, I'll play devil's advocate. It, it dis- doesn't give me the best full duplex experience. You. Really really got to have a one person talk than the other which we have sometimes like tonight on on this um uh, facetime call that the quality either gets compromised and so the, the packets and the the information isn't being sent the same way so you have this bit of a compromise sometimes in the way a conversation is conducted but the convenience uh, certainly smashes it out of the ballpark look it's- i've got i've got a question for you too and i just yep. want your opinion on this as well hmm. do you think apple are going to release a watch every year my 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 answer to that before you you answer that one. I don't think they will. Mm. I, I don't think that again. This is sort of product that you release every twelve months because if if you've dropped twenty four grand on a Apple Watch edition, you don't want to see in in eleven months time there's a brand new model. No, I think this is a sort of product they're going to update maybe every second year. I can't see this being like an iPhone yearly update type of product. What I, what do you think? I think they would frustrate the hell out of uh, people if. 
they did that. Um, I think that it's definitely a, a, certainly every 18 months, probably two years, and possibly even more. I mean, software updates are what's going to drive the, the improvement in this yeah. device. Um, radically, you know, the, the, I, I guarantee you there will be software updates for the watch, I reckon, almost monthly over the next six months because they get a bunch of feedback and diagnostics and they'll, they'll work out what needs to change. But, and I think that'll improve because it is a bit laggy sometimes. Some apps take a while to load. There's going to be a few things like yeah. that that get, that get worked out. But broadly, like, okay, the speaker's not brilliant. What are they going to upgrade on this thing? You know, they're going to put a better battery yeah. in it. Let me say one last thing oh. about it. The battery, um, while it is only a day, I actually, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I would prefer the Apple Watch one day battery to a, let's say, an LG G, uh, LG, you know, G Watch R or whatever the heck it's called, um, with, with Mike E two and a half days because yeah. y- you forget, right? Because you've got to do it every night, you're going to charge it every night. If a thing lasts two or three days, you're going to hope that it gets you through that third day and you're going to forget to charge it. It's a different routine. I'm used to taking my watch off at the door and leaving it in a drawer, but I'm now wearing my watch until bedtime and charging it at the bedside table. So it's a very different routine for a watch well, wearer. My batteries lasted. I've had two days battery life out of mine. Like I'm looking at my watch now. I took it off the charger at 7 o'clock this morning. I'm down to 50%. I've still got half of my battery. I could go another day before I need to charge it. I'm charging it every second night. Well, is how I'm going with I it. I took mine off at 6.30 uh, in the morning. I'm at 31%. So I'm getting down to basically 20 or 30 if I wear it the whole day. So, you know, I'm definitely only getting the, the full day usage. Um, I'm obviously getting a lot more emails and notifications than you because I'm so much more popular. <laughs> well, I've even, like, I've been running with it, so I've used it as, as, as my, my stuff. Yeah, no, I've not been doing that. I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, like, just in terms of the design and everything, um, it does look great, and I think it's going to be one of those products, just like the iMac. They don't change the iMac every year. They they, no. they pr- produce a really nice look on iMac, and it's that shape for three years or four years. Hmm. Same thing with the MacBook Pros. MacBook Air. I think this Hello. is another one of those products that are going to hang in there. Yep, totally. You can read Stephen's full review at uh, techguide.com.au, and uh, we'll keep updating you on anything we learn or, or see about the device. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick with a PH and use the hashtag ZiggyZaggy to get in touch and say good day and let us know your thoughts if you've got an Apple Watch. Now, um, let's have a quick conversation about a device we talked about probably three or four weeks ago. Uh, Microsoft announced the Surface 3, the smaller brother, uh, the smaller sibling perhaps, to the Surface Pro 3. Surface Pro 3, a device I'm very happy with. I think it's a great device. It's just heavily overpriced because it is a genuine computer replacement with Core i7 processors and the like if you want. The Surface 3 is same same screen size as an iPad, Um, you know, not as small as an iPad, certainly not as thin as an iPad, but an absolute direct competitor to an iPad, a Samsung Galaxy Tab, and a Sony tablet, all these, all these general tablets, because of the price more than anything. It's a $699 entry-level price. If you want more RAM and more hard drive space, you can pay a little over 800 And later in the year, you'll be able to pay up to 979 odd for a 4G version as well. Um, it's, everything's priced under 1000 bucks. You've got to buy the type cover separately, but yeah, I highly recommend that because this is for the majority of people. This is all you'll need in a computer, 
and a tablet. And they've really nailed the tablet interface um, with, you know, the, the, the screen is so good. The, the touch response is excellent as a tablet. And, you know, it's got a USB port. It's got micro USB charging, which is sensational. And, mate, I've been using it for a week as a genuine everyday device. I've kept the MacBook Air at home, which is my normal device I carry around everywhere with me. I've absolutely loved it, and I think they've nailed it in a price point. I just think it needs Windows 10 because that's what's going to save Microsoft from the desktop battle. Absolutely right. Yeah, no, I think this is the tablet we've been waiting for from Microsoft. I know that we, we were a bit surprised with the Surface Pro prices, the Surface Pro 3. And I think people, the market wasn't used to seeing a tablet uh, price so high because they didn't appreciate the fact that it was fully specced like a laptop that just happened to look like a tablet. Mm. I think now that the market has accepted that, uh, Microsoft very cleverly obviously saw the, uh, the, the, the consumer reaction to that uh, they listen to the customers, and this is the result. So the the Surface 3, uh, really well designed. I think Microsoft really have outdone themselves in terms of hardware. Not not a company known for their hardware. They were very, very much just a software company just a few short years ago. But they have really come of age as a hardware manufacturer as well. And this is beautifully designed, beautifully manufactured. And it does offer the customer a lot more versatility than a regular a regular tablet, even the iPad. The iPad has a different operating system to a desktop uh, Apple computer, to, to the iMac. It doesn't have any ports apart from a charging lightning port. This has got USB, my mini display port, the micro USB port. It's got the little micro SD card slot behind the kickstand. It's even got that kickstand. That, that's something that you can't do with your iPad. You've got to buy a, a separate uh, case to, to stand up the uh, the iPad on its own. Uh, the My only criticism was that the accessories are a little bit expensive. The, the type cover, I think, is about 180 bucks just to get that yeah. extra cover. That's a little bit on the high side, but... They they have nailed the price though six nine nine entry level point uh, entry price point there is is that's uh, just too good to refuse if you do want to move up to the four gig and the one twenty eight gig memory on board then that's about another hundred and fifty dollars more uh, so great choices there and this is uh, n- not only is your tablet but it has a running full version of Windows eight point one there is going to be a free upgrade to Windows ten when it's released in a few months you also get a free one year subscription to Office three six five so plenty of extras there for customers and I think if you are attached to the Windows system and like 90% of the world's computers are running Windows and you want the same experience on the go that can be a laptop one day, a tablet the next then Surface 3 I think is an excellent choice Good stuff, you can read both of our reviews uh, mine at eftm.com.au and Stevens, unsurprisingly is at techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. We do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And if you click on their home tab for um, splitting up their products between home, business and service providers, you'll see very clearly their amazing new Arlo smart home camera monitoring system. It's it's an unbelievable system because it is 100% wire free. So we're talking about little cameras that sit in the corner of your room, out the front, out the back, in the hallway, wherever you want, because they're wire-free. You can put them anywhere. You can put them outside where you would never have thought to put a camera. Um, and they, they have batteries inside them. They connect wirelessly to your home network. And it's easy to install. Literally, anyone can do it. I mean, it is so easy to put a little screw in the wall and and put the mount in or double-sided tape, put the mount in. Easy done. The camera sits there. It's lightweight and hangs off the little magnetic mount. 
Um, the batteries should last you around six months, depending on how much uh, how much vision you record and how regularly you do that. And the replacement batteries, you know what? You can buy them at Woolies. I did it on the weekend. Um, the Netgear Arlo uh, smart home camera system is available at uh, JB Hi-Fi. You can read more about them on both of our websites and, of course, at netgear.com.au. Now we both love flying uh, drones. It's uh, it's become a hobby of mine, certainly, and uh, you know it's a it's a good, fun, new perspective on on on, on photography and video, and also just a great little thing to do uh, in in a nice sunny Sydney day as we are. But mate, I've um I've had a bit of a play around with the Parrot Bebop, which to me is best described as the um, the the follow up to the AR drone. The AR drone was the first uh, first drone that really was you know simply and easily. Co- available to consumers and controlled via your tablet. The the Bebop is 10 steps above what the AR drone can do, and it's priced a, a little higher too. It's a $699 product, but, you know, it's easy to fly. It has buffers on the side that uh, are much more durable than the buffers that came with the AR drone, so when you bump into walls inside, it's, uh, it's less prone to actually breaking those buffers. Um, very, very, very easy to fly inside with your smartphone or your tablet. Um, I've put some videos up on my review at EFTM of, you know, flying in the lounge room against uh, running into the kids and having them run away, which is a bit of fun. But outdoors, Steve, honestly, it just, and maybe I'm, I'm kind of biased by my continual use of a, you know, high end, you know, twelve, fifteen, eighteen hundred dollar drone like the G- DJI Phantom, but I felt completely uncomfortable flying this thing outside because a bit of wind, it's so light, it pushes it around. I didn't feel I could get any great height or throw it over the edge of a cliff and, and get some great photos and video. So not the best outdoors, probably great at the park, but unbelievable indoors and, and a whole lot of fun. A good maybe just a, a step above entry level drone. I think uh, Parrot, they've, they've made a couple of like toy drones, let's call them. Yep. Uh, the AR drone was a bit bigger, but it was pretty flimsy sort of foam uh, material. The Bebop, I think, is that step forward, uh, you know, obviously a little bit more advanced than those previous models. Uh, and I think a, a, gr- a great way to, because the camera on the, uh, is on the front of this drone, That's whereas right. uh, the, the, the drones we fly, the Parrot drones, have the camera located on the bottom and it allows you to, to tilt the camera and, and, and control it. But it's interesting how this is sort of like a like a barrel down the barrel of a gun is you, you, is that how the camera's pointing at the front of the drone. So you do get a, a literally a different perspective of what you're shooting. I did see the videos you shot. Uh, the, the, these this drone can be flown indoors. It, it, there it is. The the thing I like about it is that it's very easy to control using the app and inclu- including landing and takeoff. So it's just simple one click on the on the screen to take off and another click it'll land exactly. Where where uh, right, right where it's standing as well, so that that really is uh, eases people into the whole experience and lets them learn how to fly it properly. But you're right, I don't think this is sort of the the type of drone that you're going to fly uh, really high in high winds. I don't think it's sort of built to, to take that. It, it's pretty lightweight the whole thing. When they put when you put the battery on it and everything, it's a little bit of weight to it, but nothing like the sort of drones where uh, that that uh, that are like the Phantom and that in that class of drone. Totally. Although it's not cheap, it's about what is it about? seven hundred dollars yeah. this drone so mm. uh it, it is for a few hundred dollars more you could be into that uh that extra that higher class so maybe something worth thinking about if you're really serious about the drone maybe might be a thought to spend a bit more to go for the phantom but to be clear the features on this in terms of video are exceptional the video quality is not brilliant in my book but 
it has stabilization on it. And, and I tell you, if you're on, if you look at my review at EFTM, uh, one Instagram video I've got is outside. It's up near Bondi. And if you look at, don't look at the video, look at the shadow of the bebop on the ground. And you can see how much it moves around in the wind, yet the video stays stable. So great stabilization. And that little fish eye on the front, you actually not only get to, you know, control where you look by moving the drone, but there's also a control on the tablet that lets you look kind of a little bit up and down within that fish eye. So look, it's a great little drone, good fun. Expensive fun, but um, you know, great for indoors and great for the park, I think. But probably that's the limit. Um, there is also a sky controller to make controlling easier, but that's for another day. Uh, if you want to read my full review, uh, go to eftm.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, thank you, Trevor, for indulging me this little uh, segment. The next part of the show is about my own app, my Voice Bite app, which we've spoken about in the past and that I've used and obviously Trevor's used as well. Uh, we had a little bit of an event uh, down in Bondi Beach where the the lifeguards are using one feature of the Voice Bite app, and that is voice tagging. So the basics of the app is... You record 15 seconds of audio. You can share it socially on Facebook and Twitter or both. You can share it privately to family, friends, people that you're listening to and they're listening back to you as well. But you can also share content locally. And that's what voice tagging is all about, being able to record and locate content relevant to the position. In this case, Bondi Beach. And we showed this. We, we were mates with Bruce Hopkins, Hoppo on uh, Bondi Rescue. We told him about this idea that we had the new feature that we were working on for Voice Bite. And he said, well, you know what? That'd be great. That'd be great for safety messages on the beach. And we thought, wow, that, that's, a, that's a terrific idea, uh, a great way to use it. And we made a promise. We said, mate, when we get out here, you'll be the first person to record an official voice tag uh, here at Bondi Beach. And that's exactly what we did this week. He uh, recorded uh, a voice tag instructing people to look out for the flags on the beach. He had a photo of the flags. He said, these are the flags you need to look out for. That's the best place to swim. He also did a day, an update for that day. So because you can, can set the duration to never expire. You can set the duration just for as low as, as short as one day. So, uh, and you can also set the range of the voice tag. So it can be heard up to 500 metres away, down to 25 metres away. So that's up to you how you want to do it. What would appeal to them, and, and the mayor was down there too, Sally Betts, the Waverly mayor. Uh, she was saying that, look, anything that promotes safety, we're interested in, uh, with Bondi Beach being such an iconic tourist attraction. They do get a lot of people from all various countries around the world. And what attracted them to VoiceBot was the fact that they are able to record messages in multiple languages so people can hear the safety messages in their own native language mm. so help them uh, know what they can and can't do on the beach to get that safety message across great app really easy to use and a great new initiative that uh, allows you to have geo-targeted location-based messaging and you know you've used it for amazingly uh, noble and, and, and safe uh, you know a message there you know, I just, I just think people should uh, have a bit of fun with it as well. The, play around with the app, see what it's capable of, uh, and you can get it on the App Store for both uh, Android and iOS. Uh, Voice Byte, B-Y-T-E. Voice Byte, check it out. It's uh, Stephen's own little creation with his brother Michael. It's going gangbusters. Uh, download it now at Google Play and iTunes. And just quickly before we get to your 
unbelievably important minute reviews, which, as I say every <laughs> week, I know people are waiting for. They're just saying, Trev, don't do the next topic. Just move on. Minute reviews. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to indulge now. I'm going to say I had a bit of a play with a product. This is interesting to me because I, I actually talked about and saw a product like this at CES. I think it was called the WeGo, and it was, uh, you know, one of those just kind of independent stands. It was clearly someone, you know, created the product and, and made it, and I thought it was amazing. But then I got sent one from Uniden. So I went, wow, this is real. This is a proper product. It's in retail stores. And this one's called the Uniden Jumpstart Kit. Now, if you imagine a you know, small plastic hard case that you can put in the boot of the car or under the seat, you open it up and there's a, a large power battery there. So, you know, the, the ones you charge your mobile phone with, those external batteries, so you've always got power on the go. This thing's a big bulky one it's 12,000 milliamp hours you can plug your iphone in charge it probably 10 times but it's also got jumper leads so you plug it in if your car battery's gone flat whack it on the positive and negative turn the key and you've started your car unbelievable little thing it's $199 plus in there is a mini compressor so you plug that into the battery and you can pump up the tires of your car i pump up the tires of a bike Unbelievable little kit. So two ninety nine sounds expensive, but for emergency power on the go, and especially for people who are doing things like four wheel driving or, or a caravan and going out back, and you know places where you might actually you know get stranded, this is going to not only give you a car extra battery potentially if you were to lose it, or give you a whole bunch of stored battery power for your for your mobile phone. So great little product, mate. One hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, I, I actually I was quite impressed that it came from Uniden. Absolutely, yeah. Uniden have made of make a variety of products. They do make a lot of outdoor products, but I think that uh, this is sort of product that could really could, could literally be a lifesaver. If you're stranded out in the middle of nowhere, this is the, something that can get you started again. So uh, well worth having it just for peace of mind, I say. Check it out, eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, knock us out with your minute reviews. I know you've had your uh, cameraman looking at uh, a new... A new one from Panasonic, the Lumix DMC. Uh, tell us about that one, my friend. Yeah, it's the TZ70. Now, this is a pocket camera, so it's not a big, bulky uh, SLR. It's a small, portable camera that's got 30 times optical zoom. That That is the killer feature on board this product. Now, uh, you know, you've got to remember this is a $549 camera. It's not going to perform like a, a full-blown SLR, but in its price bracket, it does punch well within its weight. I think it's a great little camera to, to snap those, uh, those pictures, shoot some video, it's got Wi-Fi on board as well, so you can link your smartphone and use your phone as a as a remote uh, remote capture capability as well. Uh, very easy to set up the Wi-Fi. It's 12.1 megapixel MOS sensor, so it's uh, looking looking really well. It, it takes some excellent photos for this price range. I, I, I can't emphasise that enough. It, ta- it also shoots 50 frames per second video in AVCHD, uh, and that records in MP4. Uh, and as I said, the Wi-Fi links to your phone really nicely, or you can get it onto your network and stream your footage or your photos to your television. Uh, one little criticism that uh, Chris Oten wrote the review on Tech Guide, uh, he mentioned the fact that a lot of the buttons were arranged pretty tightly together. The, the shutter release, movie button, power button are in a pretty tight triangle there. So he was sometimes was, was hitting the wrong button, initiating a movie instead of taking a photo. 
So a couple of little things that he didn't like there. But all in all, uh, I think it's, there's some great images that he shot and put up on the review to, to show just the examples of, uh, of what you can do with the camera. Another nice feature is the in-camera retouch, which lets you touch up photos within the camera before you can even share them. So a really easy way for the sort of user who's not going to really open up Photoshop in their computer to touch up uh, their photos, but someone who wants something quick and easy to make their photos look a little bit better that's a feature that they'll be interested in the lumix tz70 it's priced at 549 dollars check out the full review techguide.com.au and when you're done with that lie in bed with a, a book with the kobo glow Yes, this is the Glow HD e-reader. Now, the this Kobo is uh, a, an anagram for book. Did you know that? That's why they got their name, Kobo, anagram for book. So that's how they got that little name there. But the Glow HD is really stands up against the biggest competition in the market, and that's the Kindle. Everyone thinks e-reader, they think Kindle. The current Kindle at the moment is the Paperwhite. Now, the Glow HD actually has a higher resolution screen. It's got a 1448 by 1072 screen, and that's got 300 pixels per inch. So what you get is a really sharp paper-like experience. So print on paper, uh, this gives you that best resolution. The Kindle Paperwhite resolution is only 758 by 1024, 221 PPI, which isn't as high as Kobo. So Kobo's got the highest in the market. Uh, the Kindle Paperwhite is also heavier than the the Kobo as well. I know that's very important to you, Trev. The Glow HD <laughs> is 26 grams lighter, and it's also got more memory, four gigabytes of memory compared to the Kindle's two gig. So you can hold up to three thousand books aboard i know you're a heavy reader so you'll be very interested in that trevor <laughs> the uh, kobo is priced at 179.99 if you're into your reading this is a great product it's got wi-fi on board so the bookstore is on board you can log into the kobo bookstore downloads books within seconds store them on board and take all your favorite books with you a recent stat came out to say that ebook readers read up to 10 times more than print book readers reason being they've got all these books at their disposal it's very easy to to carry this anywhere read it anywhere and with the sort of screen quality you're getting with the kobo with adjustable brightness with uh with a great high resolution screen you're going to want to be looking at your books all day long kobo glow hd 179.99 two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with trevor long and stephen fennick true story stephen they they emailed me and said would you like to review the kobo glow hd and i said i don't read so just, honestly, there's no point beating around the bush, right? I just there's no point me reviewing a, an ebook reader. I had a Kobo, a couple of Kobos actually, and I, I took me forever to work out how to get books and stuff onto it. And then I bought them and had a different account, and I wanted books for the kids. Yeah, yeah not going to happen in my <laughs> household. The kids love their paper books, but uh, anyway, that's just my simple life. The Kobo Glow, you can read about that one at techguide.com.au. Stephen, that is a wrap. It's a full length feature program uh, this evening my goodness me haven't we given value for money today absolutely bonus material at no extra cost tell you what we won't even charge you more uh we won't send an invoice we just want you to come back next week we want you to come back next week we want you to tell your friends and we wouldn't mind it if you went to the itunes store and left a little comment or review or rating Stephen, see you next week yes you will take care 